0: Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is the show where we share cutting-edge strategies and acquiring leads and sales to acquire more customers for your business. And Qasem Aslam, Ralph we've got a great guest here today. This is the what's working now of the month, and we're pretty excited about this case study that we're going to be talking about, fresh, hot off the presses. Before we get into that, though... We have some feedback and some announcements here. So maybe you give the feedback on, was it a review that we got and how that directly relates to what we are now doing based on that review? If you follow that
1: circular logic there. I was with you the whole time, Ralph. Good. This review comes from, Hmm. never mind, via Apple Podcasts. <laughs> and uh, the review is very great stuff, some of the best episodes, but how do we access the video format of the podcast? <laughs> Wow. What a great question. And
0: we actually have a solution for that now, Kasim, because you go to the Perpetual Traffic YouTube channel, the one with yours and my smiling faces on there. And now we actually are posting these in near real time. Episode 507, as we are recording this, which is one that we just recorded, is now actually live on our YouTube channel. And I believe it's also live everywhere else in the world. So... We're getting very, very close to this being in real time. So, we really appreciate your patience listening to the show. And then we direct you over to YouTube. Sometimes they're not there. They should be on schedule moving forward. So,
1: anyway, some thoughts, concerns? Yeah, I'm excited that the videos are live. We can do things that are more visual. But I also think just as an idea, Ralph, we should have a short link. Like perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube. And then... Get the team to just redirect that URL to the YouTube channel so people aren't as confused as to which channel it is or where to go to find it. That would be great if I knew how to do that. You can do it in Cloudflare.
0: Oh, yeah, we could do it. We, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's actually a nugget, Ralph. So if you're listening to this, if there's a asset that you direct people to often, I do this with my Zoom. My Zoom link, instead of trying to send somebody a Zoom URL, which is just a bunch of gobbledygook, I have a super easy, you know, like customzoom.com. But you can turn any URL into a redirect using Cloudflare. So now, Perpetual Traffic listener, if you want to go to our YouTube channel, just go to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube. Fast, easy. And there's a couple of channels sitting out there from prior owners that we don't have access to, so it gets a little confusing. So just go to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube, and you're going to be able to follow along visually, see the screen share, and Ralph, see our smiling faces, which I think is the primary selling point of our podcast.
0: I don't know about that. I mean, I would say uh, the smiling face of our guest today is probably the real selling point. Now that he actually has proper lighting and doesn't look like the second coming of Darth Vader, you do sort of have that Vader head, you know? we're we'll fit like, nicely like, in a helmet. Yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing, I don't know if anybody knows this about Kobe Topaz, who is our uh, What's Working Now specialist here today, which we're going to get to the case study in just a second. The good stuff is that when we first met Kobe, He was staying. This is when we used to like do actual in person meetings when our team was only 20 people. Now it's like, oh my God, can't even imagine doing that. But we will do it at some point, Kobe. Trust Mm -hmm. me. And you were staying with our CSM at that point in time, Mike. You had some free time, and you were going to watch a
2: certain movie, which you had never seen before, which we were all somewhat shocked by. So I was forced to see that movie. I did not want to see a movie about a golden vacuum cleaner and someone with asthma issues. And then he just popped the screen. And then I saw the And I, I understood the entire franchise within like five minutes. I was like, what's the point? What movie is it? But at the point being, I was forced to watch Star Wars. Yep. Where's
1: the golden vacuum?
2: Yeah.
0: He had never seen Star that Wars. golden the vi-
2: vacuum, I don't know, and talks oh, and things C-3PO. that he's... Oh, C-3PO. Oh, C-3PO.
0: Right, right. Yeah, and the moving trash can with the blue and white lines. Right. That's R2-D2. Right, right. That's it. My knowledge ends there. Yep. Fuzzball. Chewbacca. Yeah. So he had never actually seen it, but now you're a huge fan. You've gone back and
2: they've absolutely my entire house is decorated with
0: stuff from Star Wars, like all over the place. Like oh my god, unbelievable. So there are people out there in the world that have never actually watched Star Wars. I think that was the big question for us. It's like how many other humans like this exist that have never seen it? where you weren't even really even aware of it, which was actually even funnier. And it's not like you live in a country that there isn't a lot of American TV and Hollywood. That would have been my first excuse, but that's really not
2: an excuse. It all started when Mike told me multiple times, kobe one, kobe one." I was like, Mike, what the hell is kobe one?" And he was like, you don't know, Obi-Wan Kenobi was like, what, no. And then you can see how disappointed he was. Like I've never seen someone disappointed that much. And yeah. That's where our relationship began, yeah, and the disappointment has never ended. <laughs> exactly, it's the disappointment. And then the more never he discovers en- that I've not watched other movies, he just he couldn't talk to me anymore. Yeah,
0: yeah, it, and it's just been an ongoing joke inside Tier Eleven for now four years. That was pre-pandemic too. That was like twenty nineteen, right. So the joke that just keeps on giving, there's lots of gifts and emojis that have been created around Kobe inside Slack. So we, we just never let a good or bad joke die. But speaking of good here, you have got a good, if not great nugget for us before we get into this amazing case study here today. So drop the knowledge bombs here, Kobe Wan.
2: So combine, first of all, give second chances to meta and in life. But then I'm giving more than just tips about marketing custom. It's all over the place. Like I'm the next Tony Robbins. I think you are. Philosophy here with Kobe Topaz. Yeah, <laughs> Give Facebook a second chance. But then also the, the biggest thing we did here is we actually built a landing page inside of Facebook. And we wrote a copy thanks to ChatGPT within less than two hours.
0: So tell us about how you use ChatGPT in order to do this. Everyone's using ChatGPT right now. And if you don't know what ChatGPT is, I mean, are you living under a rock? Like Get get with the program here. Um, So a lot of agencies, marketing agencies, copywriters are obviously using it. Some are not using it at all, which is frightening. But the point is, is it augments and speeds up work and enhances, allows you to be more productive and to think of things that you probably never would have thought of. And is it a tool that you use that you just throw in the prompt and that's it? And you don't do any massaging at all? No, it's not. But it is great for ideation. It is great for rough drafts. We use it on this, like, custom use it every single day. I use it every single day. Kobe, how do you actually use it, and how did you use it in this particular use
2: case? So in this particular case, for those of you who don't know, with the new format of lead forms on Meta, which now is called rich content, something like that, there's actually a character limit basically on almost everything. And you cannot write whatever you want to write. So what I end up doing, and I'm not a copywriter by all means. like I can write copy, but I'm not the best at it. What I did is I actually looked at the copy on the landing page, the actual landing page, and then I just took bits out of it. And then I just tortured GPT. Write me the same thing, but in 80 characters. Then I took another bullet point, write me the same thing, but in 40 characters. And then that's how I started crafting the, the copy for the landing page inside of Meta. And it all happened like within like, Two hours, like really just double checking everything, rewriting, and it was really helpful. And it's actually working. I mean, it's it's producing high quality leads, which was my main concern in the beginning. We launched it at the beginning of the year, and it's just all over the place now.
0: What was it that it brought to the table? Aside from just ideas, what was it that enhanced your productivity and also what ended up being the output? Can you even remember like what the copy really was? And I assume it increased conversions and obviously it helped, you know, lead flow here. Like, But what was it specifically that helped make you even better than you already are, which is really my view of AI, <laughs> but what's your perspective?
2: Definitely saved me a lot of time thinking about how to rewrite the stuff myself. But also the biggest thing was it just, it was so easy. It just took a chunk of text and told the AI, I need the same meaning, but in less characters. And it just spit it out. There was some tweaking a bit that's in it, but that's it. It was so easy. It made everything flow smoother. And I mean, I know there are a lot of copywriters that hate ChatGPT, but I embraced it and it absolutely crushed it. So that's my recommendation to you all.
0: And I think that's an endorsement unto itself. And I keep going back to my nephew that i had dinner with and is a copywriter i was like so what are you doing with ai what are you doing with Chat gpt i'm not touching it i ain't touching any of that stuff i'm like you son lowest level on the rungs of the corporate world are going to be out of a job because he's not embracing it and here's you like you're not a copywriter you're like a hardcore like you're a media buyer we have a creative team a copywriting team all these other sorts of things i get it You can't be great at everything. The point is, is this is an area where you used it to augment a skill that you didn't really even have. And that's pretty amazing. Or you have, because you understand what's good and what's not when it comes to conversion, especially from an advertising perspective. But copywriting isn't like your natural thing.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yep.
0: So cool. Well, that is awesome. Great nugget. Definitely start using ChatGPT if you haven't already, even if you are a critic or a skeptic, just like our friend Kobe Wan here. And we are going to get into even more cool stuff with our case study where we talk about a 40% CPL drop that we were able to get powered by AI right after this quick break. You're listening
1: to Perpetual Traffic.
0: Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert. Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King using reputation management make sure that you register for the april 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash pt okay we are back with kobe topaz what's working now let's talk about how you all created a 40 percent cpl drop using ai this seems just way too good to be true i'm highly skeptical
2: all right so i'll give a bit of a backstory We ran ads for, and this is one brand that has three brands underneath. We were running traffic to all of them, different brands, obviously different airfares, everything is different, kind of like one umbrella brand. So 2022 was definitely a tough year across the board for these guys. And at the end of the 2022, what we decided to do is we did an entire yearly review and we looked back to everything that we did, all the ads we ran, everything. We uncovered pretty much everything that there is to cover. And we looked at everything, we asked ourselves, okay, what can we do better next year? And then we started to analyze: okay, we've done that, that was missing, this could have done this could be better. And then we started mapping out different opportunities for us to explore next year. So we mapped out, and I'll give just a couple of the stuff we identified. So for these guys, they have a lot of franchisees. So each franchisee has their own budget. And sometimes the budget are extremely low. We all know that Meta likes to have at least 7x of your CPA per day. That's not the case for these guys. So what ended up happening is last year, we ran a couple of retargeting ads for a couple of campaigns. They generated good results, but then for other campaigns that didn't have sufficient budget, and I'm talking like sufficient budget, they didn't even have like five bucks a day to run for retargeting that It was that low. So we thought about it and it's like, okay, retargeting ads made the performance better. We should have to enforce it across all campaigns, regardless of the budget, it is what it is. So. We looked at all of our ads that converted well for cold traffic. And then we started tweaking the messaging to be suitable more for warm traffic. So that was point number one. Just launched the targeting as across the board. And I'm talking about like 70 campaigns for each account, for two accounts. And then another account was like around 13. So over like 150 campaigns. So the reason
0: for that is these are individual franchisees and individual markets like DMAs. Their markets are very, very specific. They don't want to advertise outside of that individual region. So this is a very large campaign, massive campaign structure, lots of humans touching it and and optimizing it on a regular basis. And this is not your typical kind of, oh, simplify things with four or five campaigns like Meta. That recommends you doing. This is a massive thing, but all in its own geography, all tied back to the individual franchisee.
2: Exactly. Yep. So the first point was retargeting, as the second point was we know that there was the landing page just didn't convert as they used to convert. When we tried multiple messaging on the ad side, we tried a lot of things, but the landing page just didn't deliver the job. So we thought, okay, developing a completely new landing page that's something that can take a lot of time. We need to get the results faster. So. We went back to lead gen forms on Facebook. Now, if you don't know the evolution of lead gen forms, previously, the first variation was you click on the lead form and then you submit your details and that's it, you're gone. The second variation, because Meta understood that the lead forms produced really low quality leads because people didn't remember what the heck they're opting in for. So what the second variation of it was, you click on the lead form and then you have to swipe with your finger to approve your submission. And that's it.
1: Do the leads still pre-populate with your profile information? One of the experiences we've had using lead forms, and this is anecdotal, but I think other people have had this too, is people don't always use their most legitimate email address for their Facebook profile. Is there any way to like get them to update that
2: or swap it over? That's a great question. I think Zuckerberg is busy with his upcoming fight with Musk. But after that, I'll give him a call <laughs> and I'll ask
1: him. Yeah. Well, I'm just curious, like, for example, if you have a really compelling delivery that's about to happen, like Rachel Peterson, who's a friend of mine, she's got this phenomenal lead magnet she's running, uh, 300 ideas for TikTok. I don't even run TikTok, but I do a lot of social. And so I wanted the lead magnet. So I go message her on Instagram saying, I want the lead magnet. And she says, great, chat me your email address and I'll send it to you boom, I'm going to give her my real email, not the BS email. And if you use that with lead forms, you could do the exact same thing. So and maybe I don't mean to ask a question and then answer it. But one idea would be just make sure that the opt-in leads to a a promised delivery and the delivery value is high enough. And then you can make sure that they, because I know the field is open, it's available. So it's locked with whatever email they have pre-populated so they can update it with a better email address.
2: Right. Yep. We also addressed that issue with the lead form that we created. So when Facebook created the third variation, now it's called Rich Creative. They're kind of combining instant experience and lead form, which was always my dream that they'll do it. So you actually can build like a landing page with an opt-in form inside of Facebook. So you can bypass if your current landing page is not working or if there's any technical issue or whatever, you can set up an actual landing page inside of Facebook. So what we ended up doing is we chose the third option. And then basically all I did, and again, I built the page and I, I'm not a copywriter by all means, but the lead form still crushed it. What I did is actually looked at the landing page and I just pulled information that was really strong, like strong bullet points, strong promises and stuff. And then I used ChatGPT to rephrase them for the lead form because there was a character limit. So for example, for the headline, you can use like 81 characters for the bullet points. I think it's around like 40. So we had to tweak them. Accordingly. And then we started build the lead form inside of Meta. So let me share my screen and I'll just show you how it looks like. This Once is where again. you'd want to go
0: over to the YouTube channel, perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube, right? Awesome. That's right.
1: Follow along. Yeah. See what Kobe's Follow doing. Along. See what Kobe's doing.
0: Yeah. Because this is pretty cool. This is all changed. When lead forms first came out, they were just a disaster and nobody used them. And then everyone forgets about them. And this is classic Meta. I think it's probably Google too. When stuff comes out, they use it once and then they never go back to it. Well, if you're a media buyer, if you're a CMO, Director of Marketing, VP of Marketing, you're running your own organization, you have media buyers on staff, tell them to go back to the tools that they tried before, didn't work, and try them again. Because media buyers get stuck. They get stuck in their ways. We've talked about this in previous episodes. But this is a case in point. Like to hear it, you're talking about an enormous improvement using an AI tool first off. So you should be doing that. I'm getting on my soapbox here, Kasim, a bit, because you should never stop learning. And here I am, something years old, still learning every single day. The point is, is like, you have to go back and relearn the things that you thought didn't work before. Ah, oh, that doesn't work. Oh, you know, brand awareness campaigns don't work. Oh, traffic campaigns don't work. Bullshit. They work lead forms. Yeah, oh, they don't work. I remember when Instagram started advertising cosmos. This is way back when, and everyone was like, "Ah, ads on Instagram are never going to work." Are you serious? 60 to 70% of people that see an ad on Instagram end up purchasing from that brand. Like there is amazing statistic. It's become a juggernaut. So, don't discount the tools that you've used in the past, and I'm talking to you, Tier 11 employees as well as the rest of the world by the way, the point is, is you got to go back and do it. And Kobe, this is a great example of you going back and improving it and using new tools like AI to make it even better. So proceed.
2: Thank you. Let me share my screen. We should make a short out of that, Shintaro. That was a good short. All right. So what you can see here, this is pretty much how you build the lead form. So you can see the first thing, I call it LP2 because that's the original name of the landing page we were sending traffic to. And the option I chose was Rich creative. So you can see this was the first rich, variation and then hiring. Rich
0: creative. Rich Your creative. Israeli accent. I was like, reach creative? Sorry, sorry. It's rich right.
2: creative,
0: yeah. It's all right. But that's why our YouTube videos with our new video editor need uh, subtitles. subtitles. Yeah. So just one more thing for him to do.
2: Now, anyway, go ahead. All right, so let me share my screen. So as you can see, the lead form, now I chose, in terms of form type, I chose Rich Creative. Now when we scroll down, you can see the first section is intro. So basically what I did here is I added an image of a loan that's looking really good. And this is basically what typical customer wants. They want that good-looking loan. And then the headline I used is, your loan could look this good. Simple headline, nothing too crazy here. Then when you scroll down a bit, you can see the first section is a bit of an overview. So this part... I didn't write it. I just took bits from the landing page and just told ChatGPT, write me a sentence that has the same meaning, but in Love 81 it. characters. And then it sped it out in 75. And then the section after that is benefits. So I added three benefits. And then again, all from ChatGPT, I went through the landing page, took a couple of benefits there, played with ChatGPT. In this case, I told him that I need 57 characters max, spit those out for me. I gave, I gave them a read, it looked good. That's it. Then you can see the other sections build your story. So here you have a couple of versions. I choose how it works. And then here you basically have like three points on what makes this product unique, how it actually works. And again, everything from the landing page and then rewarded by ChatGPT. And then as we scroll down, there's a section of social proof that big because I wanted people to see actual live proof before they even opt in to further improve the lead quality. We know that before and after images is absolutely crushing for these guys. So I use that as my testimonials and I took testimonials from customers. Now I just added like a, some sort of carousel that shows actually what the product does, shows the before and after and the quote from the customer. So I did that, we got the testimonial sections. And then there's a section here, which is named incentives. So basically I use that as my CTA, which is the request a free quote, get 50% off, click on the button now. And then that's it, they have the green button. They have the questions, but they're actually fields. And then what I did here, so this is going back to Kasim's point, people, sometimes the emails or phone number, they added to Facebook, they're not really using at the moment. So what I did here is I added a section, please make sure that the details listed below are accurate, just to make sure that people double check what they input. You can see that there are multiple fields here. It's not just your email and phone number. That's pretty much it, privacy policy, nothing too crazy. And then here... I just send them to a thank you page. Photo preframes them for the phone call. Basically, landing page just tells them more about the brand and why they should choose them. That's pretty much it. I have an idea here for you, Kobe.
1: It's from the, our, our interview with Savannah Sanchez. She talked about post-conversion follow-up surveys and how she had an almost 50% opt-in rate. It'd be really cool if after they reach out, you give them the chance to, hey, tell us more about your lawn care needs in order to maximize the value of our time together. And instead of just the thank you page, it's like... Progressive profiling with a deeper opt-in form. Sorry to try to improve on a triple PhD strategist, no, no. but I was just inspired no, 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 by the no. idea.
2: No, no, no. Oh, good. Thank you for that. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I the sales reps do a better job. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh. But that's pretty much it. That's the landing page. We used, in terms of like the ad copy and the creatives, we used pretty much the same concepts that we used for the landing page. The main variable, the first iteration, the main variable was landing page versus lead form. We saw that there was immediate drop in CPL there. We didn't go all in with the spend because we know previously there was an issue with lead quality. So there was a significant drop in spend just by using the lead forms. And then we waited a couple of, like I think around a month for the client to actually get all the leads, get the sales cycle going on, and then come back to us with numbers of, okay, out of those leads, this is the percentage of people that converted to sales. We're good to go. So once we got that approval, now we just... All the account is on lead forms. That is cool.
0: If you're listening, I really recommend if you're running any sort of lead gen campaign, go to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube and watch this video because this is pretty badass. And I was just sort of Googling around about lead forms. There's nothing like this on the internet that shows this kind of stuff, by the way. Like this is bleeding edge, leading edge. Uber creative, going back to a form that we discounted years ago, using AI, obviously, using Chat GPT in a great and constructive way that makes you more productive and allows you to save a hell of a lot of time because each one of those fields has a character limitation. You're giving that in the prompt. Like this is everything that's great. And the pièce de resistance, even though I don't really know French, even though I took four years of it in high school, is that you're also using Grammarly, which Translates over into ads manager. And we're going to leave a link in the show notes for that as well. If you're not using Grammarly and that is an AI tool, let's not kid ourselves here. It's table stakes. I use it all the time. Custom, you probably don't because you have perfect grammar.
1: Perfect grammar. Ralph of all those
0: books perfect. you read, you don't need it. But... I talk good. You talk goodly. For mortals like us and for Kobe, this is absolutely a way to make your sentences more concise. I use it on Gmail. I use it everywhere. We've never talked about it here. It's like an AI tool that nobody really realizes it's AI, but it actually is. But all these things together, this is pretty outstanding. And the results, once again, 40% drop in leads. And obviously, the volume of leads increased
2: as well on this? It wasn't just a CPL. Significantly, yes. Yeah. So taking a step back, we talked before on launching more retargeting as across the board, even for campaigns that have significantly lower budget. And then the second component was the Legion form. Before we go to like the entire drop in the cost per lead, yet yeah, the Legion form was huge contributor to that, but we also did other stuff as well. So going back to what we identified as areas that we can explore or opportunities we can explore. The third point is we also started running ads to a quiz. So instead of just asking for, okay, get a quote for this, we wanted to take a step back and actually engage people with some sort of a quiz, let them answer a couple of questions and in exchange, they will get a free quote. So what ended up happening with the quiz is that that was something that really was interesting. When we actually looked at the numbers inside of the quiz in the number of opt-ins, they were not good. I mean, the quiz wasn't converting as good as we wanted it to convert. However, the numbers on Meta looked really good. So the immediate question was, is there a tracking issue? So multiple team members went ahead and checked if there's a tracking issue. There was no tracking issue. But what ended up happening is that people engaged with the quiz as some sort of top of final content, but then ended up converting through other channels. One the quiz that we ran was what type of long care persona are you? And I can show like one of the ads that we ran. One second. Isn't it weird
1: that people are interested in stuff like that?
2: Yeah,
0: I find it fascinating that quizzes like this work. I see them all the time.
1: Yeah, I do too <clears throat> until I get caught in one. Like I'm a I'm a fantasy fiction nerd and I saw one that was which Brandon Sanderson character are you? And I couldn't fill that damn thing out fast enough. And I knew it was Kaladin because I'm a Kaladin kind of guy. But I just needed to be validated by the algorithm that told me I was Kaladin. Now no, you feel good.
0: Kaladin is Qasim. Qasim yeah. is Kaladin. That's yep.
2: right. So for one of these brands, they provide lawn care services for the clients. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to show one of the creative concepts that we had. The idea was we want to show an image of a horrible looking lawn and then ask, does your lawn look like this? and then send them to a quiz to let them answer a couple of questions, and then they'll get a customized plan, loan care plan for their loan. Now, the thing here is that when they submit their answers to the quiz, that data is being sent back to the customer's CRM, and the sales rep can use that data to have those deeper conversations with the clients rather than just opted in for and put their email address and phone number and zip code. So there's more information to engage with the customer, which is pretty much what Kasim said earlier with the lead forms. And what we did here is like you can see, does your loan look like this? Then we provide different images of the loan. Then this is just one of the creators, it's kind of like a scroll bar. And then take the quiz. They click on it, they go to a quiz, they answer a couple of questions, nothing too crazy, and that's it, they're in the system. Those who engage with the ad, clicked on it, didn't convert, we're retargeting them. So we're catching them from all all ends. So that was the third thing we implemented. The fourth thing was more UGC ads. In 2022, they didn't have much of UGC ads. The one that we used started to die off as unicorns die, unfortunately, for all the kids listening to this do. show. So we started testing more UGC ads with also healthy performance. That was the fourth Doesn't thing Voldemort we tried. Voldemort feed on unicorns? Isn't that like the disgusting
0: thing about Voldemort, like in Harry Potter? But anyway, keep going keep going. Right. Yeah.
2: Is, is this yeah. the second one? Yeah, sorry, sorry. Harry Potter fan here.
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. So cool not Star World Wars, but you like the Potter. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, you've seen it. the memes that show that they're the exact same story, right? Like, it's literally the same thing. I deny everything that you just said. <laughs> I see an episode coming on sorry. rough. Story arc. Harry Potter Absolutely. versus Star Wars, the face-off. So we're so. just trying
0: to throw him off because he's just humming along
1: here. We just want to throw these yeah. questions. He's on too he's
0: good a roll. This of was role. too good an episode. Too good of it. A- yeah. We don't want to be that good because Kobe, we don't want this show to no. be
1: great. Like okay. just good okay. enough is yeah. good enough. No. It's like a basketball team that wins too often. The, the, the expectations get too high. Everybody gets bored. You're away from home because you have to play got in the playoffs. Like ball. let's just cash our check, eat our popcorn and be done, Kobe. Yeah, okay? that's
2: it. <laughs> okay. Noted. Noted. So the fifth thing we tried is we realized that putting all your eggs into one basket is a terrible idea. And we started engaging with other ad platforms. We started running ads on Pinterest. So what we ended up doing is we took all the top performing ads on uh, Facebook, and then we started crunching them as they are in Pinterest. And the variable that we want to test is the ad platform. Now, with Pinterest, we immediately saw a higher CPA than Facebook. But the interesting thing is we also saw a lot of useful conversions on Pinterest. So that also indicates that Pinterest, when you take a step back, people that are coming to Pinterest, they just want to search ideas for gifts or like necklaces on that stuff. Like you want to just look around. They're not looking for like in, in any buy mode. It's not like Facebook. It's not like Google. It's more upper funnel platform. But what ended up happening is that there was a halo effect from that platform. People started engaging with the ads on Pinterest. The brand got more exposure. And then they end up converting to the retargeting ads on Facebook, to the retargeting ads from Google. But that was really helpful. And the big lesson here is just, I know we talked about it multiple times, diversify your ad spend across multiple platforms. Just don't put all your eggs into one basket. The point being is, at the end of the day, if you know what your CPL or CPA needs to be, it doesn't really matter if platform A has a higher CPL or platform B has a lower CPL. I mean, each platform serves a different purpose. One platform can be great for awareness, one platform can be great for consideration, one platform can be great for conversion. So each platform could serve a different purpose. At the end of the day, when you look at it every month, am I hitting the targets? Good, awesome. Then that's what you should care of. Don't measure platform versus platform like to the T. Obviously, if one platform is completely off, then that's a whole different story. But if it's tightly off and stuff like that, but still the overall you're in the targets, go ahead, keep it up.
0: All right. Well, we are here with Kobe Topaz going through an amazing case study. and We've gone through four of the most important points. The fifth point, which we want to get to just after this break, is what the comparison was between what they did last year. And this is what everyone sort of complains about. It was so much better in the past. It's three years ago on Facebook, I was getting this and now I'm getting this and it's like I was going to 3X ROAS and now I'm getting a 2X ROAS. Well, Kobe Topaz reversed that year over year. I'm going to teach you exactly how Right after this quick break. All right, we're back. So let's drop the goods, uh, drop the nuggets here on year over year performance. And you've gone through this pretty extensively here. And by the way, make sure that you do go to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube to see the screen shares on this. We are going to be blurring out the client name here just for privacy purposes and confidentiality. But this is the real deal. And this is AI meets old stuff that everybody sort of said didn't work on Facebook now is working and really driving this business forward. So let's talk about year-over-year results.
2: So taking that a step back, when we did the yearly review last year, we identified seven opportunities. This year we implemented five, but we didn't implement all five on all the three brands. On one brand we implemented all five, the other ones we implemented like three. So the point being is that sometimes you don't have to make a lot of changes my main point here is this is what i tell to the media buyers as well and the the creative strategists is that what really changed everything here is that the entire team that worked on this account jonathan simone myself we took a step back vlad we took a step back and we asked the question what can we do better next year and that's where all the ideas started to pop up and this is why it's so important for you to literally take a step back with your chair And just sit like that and look at the damn screen and think, what else can I do? And then ideas will start flow. They'll start to come. Like It it happened. It's not the first time it happened. This year, as I said, we started implementing a couple of the ideas we had. And then for brand number one, Q1 2022, we spent just over half a million dollars. Q1 2023, we spent over 600K. Now, the big difference here, we got 41.66% drop in cost per lead. So in Q1 2022 they were paying $97 per lead, 97.51. In Q1 2023 they paid $56.9 per so you lead. Safe to assume the lead quality is so, the same? Yeah, the cost per lead dropped $40 per lead. $40 per lead Four just zero. for brand number 1. 40, yeah. And it's good that you assuming the lead quality was the same because we were really holding off on going all in with the lead forms and the other changes until we got verification right. about and the lead quality. And
0: you did that, just so the listener knows, is you tested it in
2: one DMA and then uploaded the sales? We tested it. Okay. Yeah, exactly. We tested it in, in like the two campaigns that had the largest budget. We took a portion of the budget and tested There's a couple of new approaches. And then once we got feedback from the client on the lead quality, and once we saw the results in Ads Manager, then we combined everything and Super then we smart. went all
0: in. Super smart. This is exactly how you want to do this. You hear an idea on this show, and that you shouldn't do it like for everything. Test it out on your own. For crying out loud, you can see that the increases in efficiency here. But at the end of the day, lead cost doesn't really matter unless it translates into sales. And in this case, just tell me about the technical aspect of this. I know JJ is on this account too. Does a lot of the dev. If we tied in that back-end CRM once they're on the phone with a sales rep? And by the way, these guys are rabid. Like, they are on it. Like, the guy in my area, when we were first started working with this customer like five years ago, I called them. And literally, the guy called me within minutes after I submitted the lead form. So, they're, they've are they got a system Hey, do you want to work with the best client-focused agency in the world? I mean, one that helps purpose-driven businesses achieve their vision? Well, it's time you check out Tier 11 as a career choice. Right now, we are hiring for a lot of different positions, but the most important one right now is our client success owner. The CSO is one of the most important positions at Tier 11 because they're the linchpin between our clients and our team who ensures smooth communication and excellence in service delivery. When I built this company 10 plus years ago, I always wanted to have a virtual organization that has strong company culture and a client-centered focus that really took things to the next level, but also enabled purpose-driven businesses to achieve their vision through what we do every single day through customer acquisition amplification. So if this sounds like you and you have the skills required to be an awesome client success owner, head on over to tier 11 forward slash jobs, tier 11.com forward slash jobs, fill out the CSO application. We'd love to talk to you about how you can take your career and our client success to the next level.
2: (music)
1: Are they in-house? Is that an in-house sales team or are they outsourcing it? It's an that? in-house sales team. So, my question is... Dude, I got to tell you, that's the biggest opportunity I see in the, in the entirety of the small business space. Yeah. Yes. If somebody created an agency or a call center or I don't know what, they operate on a performance basis, they would mint money. The, the people that hired them would mint money because this speed to lead thing is such it makes such an impact and nobody does it well. Yo, we don't do it well. Somebody spot check me on this. Go contact solutions Eight today and see how quickly my so- my sales guy get back to you. God bless Mike. He's busy. He's back to back to back all damn day. Speed to lead is so important and it's so hard to fulfill on. So if is like sitting around waiting for the next big thing, if if you could find a way to build like a done for you speed to lead where the initial intake was actually quality, man that would be yeah.
0: huge. Even name the company speed to lead. Maybe once we're, you know, we're retired. go we'll buy that domain right now before this goes live. We should. And gohighlevel.com, we've had Sean Clark on this show. We, we love that. They do a lot of the mechanical, sort of the plumbing of this at the back end. But at the end of the day, you have to have the sales guys like on it nearly 24-7. We did that case study on the personal injury law. They are on it. They have people there 24-7 legal professionals. You know, car accidents happen in the middle of the night and they happen, you know, in the middle of the day. So, You got to have that. None of this stuff works unless you have that part of it. And this particular client does have it. And I think it's individual to your best, biggest campaigns for their best, biggest DMAs. They've got it. So that's a very good one to test it on too. You have to sort of think about this all the way through. My one question, which I was leading into is the technical aspect of offline conversions when the sale is made. Or maybe the at-home visit? What's the end marker to say that that lead produced a new customer? How do you guys tie that back in and maybe explain that to people?
2: So for these guys, we actually set up the zap that will get the leads from Facebook to their call, to their CRM. And when it comes to the feedback from the sales team and their purchases, that was primarily just from the client. They shared that with us. We didn't set up offline conversions or anything like that for them. It was primarily done. And the reason lead. is why is because their system is more
0: complex. I forget what the specifics are. We've met with them many, many times.
2: So they have a custom CRM, which I do not remember the name, unfortunately. But the thing here is that the client is super responsive. Like everything we need, we get the information ASAP. So, in terms of the sales quality, the leads quality, like we got it, we got it pretty fast. If there was a sick and I'm being upfront with. Any clients here in this or any future clients that listening to this podcast, if you're slow, that's going to hurt you. We mean business. So if you're slow, then we might find different workarounds to get what you what we need from you. Even if it was a custom CRM, like we couldn't make offline conversions work. But these guys were super responsive and super fast. It's a two-way street when you're working with an agency. It's not like I snap my
0: fingers, I give Absolutely. you a, a fee, and then you're supposed to make everything work. I don't do anything now. No, it's a two-way street. You gotta. can't outsource your push-ups. You can't outsource your push-ups, can't outsource your push-ups. yeah. You can hire a trainer to help you be more efficient with your push-ups, which is kind of what we are in a lot of ways, but they want the same thing that we want and our results don't look good unless they respond. And so you have to have this two-way street, this give and take here, which I think is the ideal relationship. And we've embedded ourselves as part of their team. We love these guys because they're so great to work with and and they've got a great product. And now we're using some of this tech here to really make things even more efficient. So... There is a Zap that goes on from meta to their CRM. You did mention that. So
2: Zapier is involved here. Okay. Yeah, we set it up. It was nothing too crazy, pretty quick. The client was super helpful with helping us connect to their API, but the setup was pretty easy. So nothing to be scared of there. And that's it. Once the the lead form was ready, the Zap was ready, we were good to go. We launched the campaigns. We gave them a week to start assessing that cost per lead. And then that's it. We left them run to get more feedback on the lead quality. And that's pretty much it. And that's another thing I want to mention. We only did one variation of the lead form. That's it. We didn't even iterate on the lead form. And there's so much opportunity even there. So it was out of the gate, huge success. And again, this was one of the components, one of the areas we implemented this year, based on the review that we did last year. So even one thing can drastically change everything that you're doing. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And that lead form, once again, you took their best performing landing page, their highest converting landing page, and then you just chat GPT the hell out of it and put that all that stuff, character limitations right into the form. So you're not reinventing the wheel here. And this is another beauty of AI is that if you have the data already, you're leveraging that knowledge to then leverage the AI as a tool and then make you more efficient and obviously get better results here. So it's like that perfect blend of everything together. That's, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, and also think, okay, delete form, but then there's the thank you page. I'm not going to just say thank you. That's why we send them to a landing page that talks about why that brand is so unique to pre-frame them for the sales call. So we're going to combine everything here. And then you have those lead forms that are running for core traffic. Then you have the retargeting ads that are coming. And then you have the retargeting from Google that's closing the deal as well. Everything is cross-channel. So one thing you implement there, the other channels are going to benefit from it. So that was a huge and huge shout-out to all the team that worked on that And just account. on the
0: Google side, they do have an internal team that actually does their Google ads. Was there a Google... like? Rising Tide raises all ships on the Google side, were you, were you privy to that information as well? Or was, is that fairly stagnant or
2: what, what was your sense? They were happy. That's all I can say. They were happy, everyone were happy. Tier 11 made a hard work. Yeah. Yep. So we just wrapped up Q2's QBR. And then what we can see here is that in Q1 for brand number one, they spent over 600 grand and the cost per lead was 69 and they generated almost 11,000 leads. In Q2, Brand number one, the spend went from 600k to 1.3 million, and they generated 20,000 leads now, and the CPL was only 65. dollars So nine dollar increased, while we actually doubled the spend, from more than doubled the spend from 600k to 1.3 million in the last quarter. And then for brand number two, they spent 77k Q1 2023, Q2 2023 they spent close to half a million dollars, and the CPL increased by three dollars. That's it. They generated close to 700 leads in Q1, and in Q2, they generated 4,200 leads. So the spend was massively increased Q2 compared to Q1, while the CPL remained fairly the same, which is massive.
0: that That is huge, and that's a huge increase overall in spend, leads, drop, and CPL, like every one of those. Like you doubled basically their lead volume for that one business year over year which means that these guys are just jamming right now with all these services. And it's a a bit of a seasonal service. So, I mean, really springtime is their hot time. Then they get some stuff that happens in the fall. Then they kind of switch over to sort of different businesses as they're in the franchise area. But this is pretty outstanding work. So once again, plug in the YouTube channel, perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube. You can see how all this evolved and go back to lead forms and start using some of these AI tools, damn it. There you go. That's it. Even Kobe, just a skeptic on all things AI and anything meta. Oh, yeah. I know you have a
1: love affair with Zuck. Makes sense now if you think about it. He doesn't like Star Wars, which is like the mythological equivalent of AI. He likes Harry Potter. He wants magic, What doesn't real. True. That's a good point. It (laughs) It is real costume. (laughs) Voldemort, Israel. <laughs> Voldemort, Israel. I, I had ChatGPT. I said, Help me convince somebody that Star Wars is better than Harry Potter. I've got seven points that I'm going to send to Kobe. All right, good. It's a good follow up. All
0: right. Well, Kobe, thank you for coming on. As always, we love having you on. And this time there weren't any rockets being fired at you, which is a step in the right direction. I, don't, I wouldn't say, well, maybe next time there will be. No, we actually don't want that. But that was good that we didn't have any interruptions due to rocket fire in Israel right now. And like I said, we are promoting this YouTube channel quite a bit because we love YouTube. We love the fact that we can go visual here and really help you, the listener, Get wicked smart when it comes to all things digital marketing. And the YouTube channel is over at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube, which does redirect to the right link. Thank you, Kasim, for making my marketing team implement that just this past week. And make sure that you do subscribe and leave a rating wherever you are listening. And let us know we can do better, of course. And one of the things that we actually used here and in a review we effectively change. So we're constantly improving. We're not perfect, but we're shooting for perfection. That way we will reach excellence, as Vince Lombardi once said. Follow me on LinkedIn at Ralph Burns, and then Kasim over on Twitter at Kasim Aslam. We're both on threads right now, which we talked about a little bit. So that'll be ramping up even more so. Go back and listen to previous episodes. And all resources and show notes are over at perpetualtraffic.com. So on behalf of Kobe Topaz and my awesome co-host, Qasem Aslam.
1: Peace. May the force be with you.
0: (laughs) Until next show.
1: (laughs) See ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic.